Hey y'all. So welcome to 1322 Life. I'm your host, Bree Smith, wealth strategist and CPA. Here at this podcast, we are focused on being able to live a thir- Proverbs 1322 life, which basically means that we're dedicated to use God's wisdom to lead our life and our finances. Now, during this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you my story, my financial journey um, in depth like never before. So I've never been able to really go into the details of how I went from being a single mom at 17 in high school to then being a homeowner um, and selling my first house for a more than a six-figure profit and then being able to buy a much bigger home for my family that's over 2,000 square feet um, in a nice area with the best school system possible for my family. And I just want to go ahead and take you guys on that journey today. So basically when I was 17, I got pregnant with my daughter and it was my senior year of high school. Um, During that time, I had a job at McDonald's, (laughs) you know, um, it wasn't much. And I had to save everything that I could once I found out that I would be having a baby. And I was only able to save $1,000 during that time. Um, I also remained in school and decided that dropping out was not an option for me and that I will also continue to go to college and make a career for myself because I knew there was no way I could take care of this baby without having a strong career and um, be able to get the financial standing that I wanted to have in life. Now, when I was young, I started being able to like study rich people. So I wanted to know about Warren Buffett. I wanted to know about um, Bill Gates. Like how did these people get rich? and why were they able to stay so rich? Um, Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, um, you name it. I wanted to know the secrets of the wealthy because it seemed like they had some loopholes or something that I just wasn't privy to. Um, Because growing up, I don't know about you, but my family didn't talk much about money. Uh, We just went with the flow. My mom's money was not my business. Um, And I know a lot of you guys may come from a household like that. And in school, they really don't teach it as well. So I really had to start from scratch. Now, I was great with saving money because I started off when I was 12 getting an allowance of $20 every two weeks for my grandmother. I would save up that money and then I would use it to buy school clothes and I would go to Ross, which is a discount store. And so I would go there to buy, once I got $100, I would buy as many clothes that I could um, for the most bang for my buck. And that's how I started to be a saver and started learning about like the importance of money and how to utilize it and things of that nature. I also started paying for my own phone bill when I was like 16. So I will also use that allowance for that until I got my job at McDonald's on my birthday. (laughs) So from there, um, once I was having a daughter, it's great that I knew how to save, but I wasn't making much money. I was a teenager in high school. Um, A lot of us are broke (laughs) at that age. So I decided that I needed to hustle because I needed a vehicle um, so that I would be able to go to school and I could go to a job that would be more beneficial for me and my daughter. And I worked two jobs the summer after I had my daughter. So I had my daughter um, in February and my birthday came in March. Two weeks later, I turned 18. 
I graduated that summer and then I started, um, then I moved in with my grandmother and I started working two jobs so that I could get a car. After about two months, um, I was finally able to get me a Jeep. <laughs> Grand Cherokee Loretto, you couldn't tell me nothing. It was a 2002. I was sitting high. I felt tall. Those of you that don't know, I am cuddle size. I'm not the tallest of tall, but I felt tall in that Jeep, y'all. And <laughs> it was my baby. But um, it, it didn't love me the way I loved it. And it just started going to crap real quick. Um, when I tell you like the radiator busted while I was like coming out of Captain D's um, drive through I just saw blue f fluid coming spraying over my windshield and like smoke coming up and cars honking at me like your car your car because I'm like where's the rain coming from you know like I was so confused <laughs> like it was a bright sunny day and then all of a sudden it's like yo what's going on so I pulled over I had to get a tow truck. It was so awful. Then after I got the radiator fixed, y'all, I was like, all right, this car good, right? No. I went out one day and it was just like everything on the dashboard just went crazy. It was like the arms going like this on the speedometer and I wasn't even going anywhere. Then it all just went down. So like I might have been able to move the car, but I wouldn't know how fast or slow I was going. I didn't know anything and all the lights came on like it had 30 issues at once y'all this was like the worst nightmare it had to be like a prank or something but it was not so I took it to my local car guy because you know you don't take this to a shop when it got this many problems you got to find the hookup because I'm still broke <laughs> so I went to him and he's like you got a computer issue you're basically gonna have to get like everything replaced and the cost of that would have been the cost of a new car. So I was like, all right, this is what we gonna do, right? So I waited until it was having a good day because every day it didn't act like that. And then I went and sold it, not to some unsuspecting person, but to a dealership. <laughs> and they went ahead and did their test drive. It acted great for them. I sold it, I got rid of it. And then I went to go buy a Saturn. And that was the most dependable car. I don't know why they stopped making them, y'all. Um, not to get derailed, but I still don't know why they stopped making them because that was the best daggone car I had. It never gave me any problems. So I got my little 2002 Saturn L100. It was gold. It was cute. It was mine. Um, she didn't have a name. I just, for those of you that don't know, I named my cars, um, but I didn't start naming them until I got new. Um, but I got that and me and my baby were good, but like my Jeep had been paid off. I had it for six months before it had died on me. And I was told that to build your credit, you need to keep a loan for about six months. So I waited six months before paying it off in full. And then it went crazy. So I had to sell it to get rid of it. And then I went to go buy a new car. Now, I think I only got like 1700 or something when I sold it. Um, so they didn't give me much. But then I went ahead and bought a new car um, or, you know, new to me um for like three grand or something like that and I was able to pay cash for it for the most part my grandmother had gave me a small loan um and then I paid her back within like two to three months just because I didn't want my bank account to go to zero because when you're a single mom you got to be prepared for a storm okay so 
I paid her off that summer within two to three months so that um, me and her were in good standing because I don't like owing anybody money. Um, but I was able to then still have my car debt free, which was great. Now, during this time, I'm now in college and I'm in college going for an accounting degree because I thought that's what you do when you want to be able to help people with money and learn more about finances. I wanted to learn what these rich people were doing, y'all, so that I could be like them and have like all the money. So while I'm in school, I'm also having to take a finance class or two. And when I tell you, when I started taking finance class, I was like, this is what I really want to do. Like, this is it. So I went ahead and added it as a second major. And I got my, so I ended up getting my bachelor's in accounting and in finance, concentrating on personal financial planning. Now, this set me up to be able to know the business side of money and the personal side of money, which was phenomenal because it makes me very well-rounded so that I can understand from the business perspective where the loopholes are um, as far as tax advantages and things of that nature and how to do your bookkeeping, um, how to know, you know, if your money looking right, if I'm running a business, is someone stealing from me if I'm not necessarily the one handling the bookkeeping itself? Um, so I learned all of that. And then I also was able on the personal side, the finance side, be able to learn like different investment strategies and um, real estate investing as well as the stock market and mutual funds and index funds. Um, you know, guys, they even had a Bloomberg terminal at my school. So shout out to ODU um, if you're a fellow monarch. But they had a Bloomberg terminal, which for those of you that don't know, it's just like really, really expensive equipment or computers like to really show you all the data going on with a certain stock to know if it's how it's valued and stuff like that. So not going to nerd out on you guys. But it was an awesome experience and I do love that I was able to learn so much and so many different strategies so that I can know what would be working best for me and my life and how I wanted to build up my life. Now during this time, I have my daughter, but I'm, I'm working full time. I'm going to school full time and I have her. So a lot of our time together was just at night. I did bath time. And we slept together at night because during the day I was gone and I either had her at a daycare or later on private school or with one of my great aunts. Shout out to a great support system. Um, I understand you guys that are single moms and that are struggling because the struggle is real when even if you're a single dad too because y'all don't get enough credit. Y'all are doing a thing especially if you got a little girl and you want to how to do hair. Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> Being a single parent is just nothing to take lightly. And so I had made a commitment to myself that my daughter would never remember the struggle. And that by the time her memory started, that she wouldn't remember me never being there or me being so busy um, because I felt so guilty. I felt guilty because I didn't spend enough time with my baby, but I wasn't spending enough time with my baby because I was trying to build a better life for my baby. And it just seemed like I could not win. And if you're there, I feel you. Um, but nonetheless, I decided that, hey, by the time she's old enough to remember, she will not remember this. And so I heard that by age three, that's when people start having their memories. They usually don't remember anything before then. Now, I remember like one or two incidents before the age of three, but we ain't got to talk about those just yet. Um, but nonetheless, I don't really remember much before that age either. And so 
I had got us an apartment um, during my sophomore year, I believe, in college. It was when I was 19. I went ahead and got us our first apartment in what turned out to be our only apartment. Um, and it was great. We had two bedrooms. We had good neighbors that would push me out of the snow. Um, and we had a washer and dryer set up. So that was all you could ask for because I did not want to go to a laundromat with a little one. And I didn't have time to go to one um, with my schedule. And so shortly after that, within a year, um, right before my lease was up, and it was going to go month to month. And luckily, my... Uh, the people I was renting for, they weren't going to charge me more once I went month to month, which was awesome. But right before I was about to go month to month, I was just up nerding out on the computer. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could own and have a mortgage for less than what I rent. Now, y'all, my rent was low. I was paying $6.25 a month for rent. So I didn't really think this was possible at all. Uh, but I went ahead and I looked at, I, I was able to use this mortgage calculator where you can basically put in how much you wanted to pay each month. And then it would tell you a range of what kind of house you would qualify for or, or how much the house may cost. So then I started looking up like, are there any houses like for this little bit of money for like, you know, 60, 70, $80,000 um, that I could buy? And I actually started seeing a bunch of different options whether it was condos or houses or townhouses or single family homes, I was able to find a wide range. And so I was like, all right, cool. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go buy a house. And it was, it just happened like that. It was like a December night. I just, I decided I was going to buy a house that January I was under contract for my very first home. And it was so dope. It ended up being such a big house. It was three bedrooms, one and a half bath, um, still got great neighbors again that would uh, bring my trash in or look and uh, mow my lawn for me. So shout out to Kev, appreciate you because I don't even know how to start a lawnmower to this day. Um, and it was just such a great help. And so I had my house, me and my daughter were set and now my daughter only remembers living in a home because when she was three, Right after her third birthday is when I closed on the house. And it was one week after my 21st birthday that I closed. So we started the process um, at 20 in January. And it took a couple extra months um, to close because they weren't trying to let a 20-year-old get nothing. <laughs> but it was, it was more issues than that. But nonetheless, I had the best lender possible that worked with me, worked with my boss. Um, to make sure that I had everything in line so that I could um, get my house. And then afterwards, afterwards, I was able to close and then I got my car. So like I said, I like to name my cars, y'all. So nothing was wrong with my Saturn. That thing was tried and true. They really should make more of them. Um, but I just thought I deserved a new car. Did I really? No. Like, this was my biggest financial mistake uh, that I made. And that was to not stick to my plan. Because my plan was I was going to sell my Saturn for at least $3,000 or more. Because, like I said, it was tried and true. And then I would go buy a car. 
Instead, I got all up in my emotions and feelings in my car, which I have named Royalty. So you know she was cute, right? Um, <laughs> but I was in Royalty. And I was just like, yo, she is just so pretty. She drives so smooth because she don't drive like them old cars drive. Like, y'all know new cars drive different. So it was just such a smooth ride. It was beautiful. I had been looking at the Elantras for like a couple of years at that point, And I was just like, gotta have it. So I made more of an impulse decision and bought it. And got like $600 for my Saturn when I could have instead sold it for at least three grand back then. Um... So that's my biggest uh, financial mistake by just getting all up in my emotions and making an emotional purchase instead of sticking to my guns and sticking to my financial plan that I had in place at the time. But it didn't make a huge difference in life. Um, royalty is now paid off too. Uh, and she is tried and true and I love her. Uh, and I bought priority, so I got priorities for life. Y'all don't even know what an oil change costs no more for real because I don't get them. At least I get, well, I get them, but I get them for free. So <laughs> it is lovely. And also during that year, that's the year that I met my husband. And my family went from just me and my daughter to me, my husband, and three kids because he had two and I had one. And I don't know, like we just overnight, it was like instant family for us. So we, we fell in love very fast. We had to be in each other face and space. And it was just, I don't know, it was, it was bad. Um, <laughs> so now not only do we have three kids, but at least we have two incomes. And I'll have my husband on on a later episode to share his story with you guys. Um, because it was a journey. Okay. But... <laughs> Nonetheless, um, after that, I was still ready, like, all right, um, now I had to change my goals a little bit because my goal was then at that point, like in another year or two, I was going to be buying another house because although my house that I had was great, I wanted to move to Virginia Beach. So those of you that are in VA, y'all know the difference between Norfolk and Virginia Beach. But if you're not, like Norfolk Public Schools are subpar. Um, and Virginia Beach Public Schools are the best in the state, all right? And I'm a Virginia Beach Public School graduate, so I might be a little biased, but numbers don't lie. So when I say we the best, we the best. So I had to get my daughter there, right? So <laughs> that's why she also ended up going to private school because when we were at Norfolk Public Schools, it just was not it. She was not getting the quality education that I felt I might be needed. And so I had put her in private school for K-2 at um, the private school I had started off at. It was Green Hill Farms Christian Academy. Uh, they're no longer around, but uh, during their last year, last year or two, she had went there for the two-year-olds program. Then afterwards, you know, we were able to put her in, I was able to put her in the school for free pre-K-3 um, for free in Norfolk Public School. So I was like, let's try this out. Now, her first teacher was awesome, but her second teacher for pre-K-4 was not it. It was a glorified babysitter. So I had to get my baby away from there. And because it was just hit or miss, and I couldn't do hit or miss with my kid. Um, so then I started looking at private schools. So if any of you are thinking about private schools, 
they start early. You have to plan for them. So when I reached out to them in September, like, can I bring my baby over here now? They're like, look, we started school in August <laughs> and any financial aid that we have was already determined, you know, several months ago. Most people start applying in January or December. And I was like, whoa, okay. So um, at that point, I was like, that's cool. I'm going to go ahead and... Um, catch them in a few months to apply for the following year uh, that school year it was it was up but you know pre-k4 is not a necessary grade I'm just an overachiever so I then got my daughter enrolled in private school and it was work like the education was over $20,000 a year that she was getting I mean all the bells and whistles they were learning coding for Mac computers in regular PCs. Uh, they had a farm um, that she could go ahead and work in. They had uh, Spanish from kindergarten, you know, starting as a second language for being taught. All the bells and whistles. They teach in math from a Singapore method so that your kid really gets it and they go deep into it. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. So I set her up at private school but what I then came to find out was, although it was a great school curriculum-wise, it was not a great school community-wise. And so that's one thing to also look into. And, um, you know, my daughter was the only black girl in the whole grade. So that, I don't know how much that played a factor, but it definitely was not comfortable. And we started dealing with bullying and issues like that. So we had to go to a different approach. So now we went to a new school um, and we actually went to a Christian private school this time. And by doing that, the education was phenomenal and the community was like family to us. Um, and I was so happy to be able to afford my daughter this opportunity because most people don't even think that they can qualify or that they can afford to put their kids in private school um, and don't even know about financial aid options out there available to them. And even if they do hear about financial aid options, they still may not be able to afford it because you're not on a budget. You don't have a plan in place and you don't know how to manage your money. And I was very fortunate to have a plan in place and to be very strong on sticking to that plan and that budget so that I could afford the things that truly mattered to me. And so my daughter's education was something that truly mattered to me because I was a single mom in high school. But my daughter didn't choose to get a mom that had her in high school. She didn't ask for a teenage mom. She didn't ask for um, me to be struggling with her. She didn't ask for anything. She was innocent. And I wanted my baby to have the life that I always dreamed my children would have when I had them. And even though I didn't have her under the most ideal circumstances, I still wanted to give her the most ideal life that I possibly could. And I know all of you parents feel that way. Like, we all want the best for our kids. And so, for me, that meant being able to have the option to give her a private school education if she couldn't go to the best public schools around in Virginia Beach. <laughs> um, that also meant that I wanted my daughter to be able to have her own room and her own bed because my mom always made sure I had a full-size bed since I was like five or six years old. So I wanted my daughter to have a full-size bed. I mean, these things may not seem like a big deal, but they were to me because 
I wanted to give my baby the best life possible. And that's what it looked like to me. Big on education and big on just having your own space and growing up in a loving home and not feeling like you're struggling or living paycheck to paycheck. And even if we were paycheck to paycheck sometimes, she never felt it. We never missed a bill or a meal, praise God. And he was the only reason that we were able to accomplish all of these things. I had so many people ask me, Bree, how do you work full-time, go to school full-time, and you're a single mom to a toddler, like, or a baby, depending on what year college it was, like, how are you doing it all? And I used to be like, I don't know. And I can tell you guys now, I really do know. I know it was because God's hand was on me and he was providing for me and he was there for me throughout it all. Because I cannot say that I did it all. Like, I was making $10 an hour when I got my apartment, okay? Then when I got my house, I was making barely like 13 an hour. Like, I, I, I wasn't making a lot of money, y'all. I wasn't doing... I wasn't making like massive income. I was still a college student when I bought my house. I wasn't even in my senior year yet. Um, it, it was a struggle. Like I didn't have the most ideal circumstances. And then I didn't even know, like, you know, y'all can get grants for the down payment on y'all house. Like you can go out here and get a grant that'll cover closing costs and a down payment on your home that you buy from the city if you are low income, like I was, cause I was real low income. <laughs> and, but instead I had to have that in place and it was just great that I saved my money and I saved every dime, every penny because I never knew when a rainy day was coming. And that's why I was able to be up on late at night and playing on a computer and then decide to buy a house and the next month be, uh, be under contract to buy a house. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have money in the bank and I didn't have a financial plan and I didn't budget properly. Like these things just would not have been possible for me. And I definitely want to be able to help as many parents as I can to create your ideal life for you and your family and your babies because your babies deserve the best too, just like mine do. Um, I get a little emotional when it comes to them because I want to give my kids the world and then some, you hear me? So, um, but to get back to it, while we were in that house, um, we went through a lot of different transitions with my husband, but then we were able to finally get ready to sell during COVID. So those of y'all know, like COVID was a seller's market. It was crazy. Houses were going for like crazy amounts above and I was able to get a six-figure profit. I sold my house for more than double what I paid for it. Um, and was able to have over $100,000 deposited into my bank uh, afterwards. Like, tax-free money. And that is beautiful. And this is just what I'm talking about when it comes to, like, a wealthy mindset. A lot of people tell you, like, you should rent. You don't have to follow everyone that says you need to own, owning a houses and all of that. Let me tell you, what other way would a single mom making $13 an hour just five years later be able to sell a house and get a six-figure check? Tax-free. There's no way I could have rented a house or rented an apartment and got that kind of return and had over hundred k in the bank afterwards. Rent goes up every year they're not making more properties like and 
like we're seeing right now, mortgage interest rates are going up. So that means mortgages are going up, which means rent is going up even higher. Rent has never gone down in history. But when property values go down, mortgages go down. But rent, that stays on an even climb up. So you're not going to see um, your rent ever lower. And so buying a house was extremely beneficial to me to being able to have um, wealth for my family and start building a life that I can be proud of and building a legacy because it's my goal that none of my children, none of my descendants will ever struggle with money because of the work that I put in in my lifetime. Y'all, I'm not talking about looking small or like small dreams where I'm just going to leave my kids maybe $50,000 or $100,000 when I die or something like that. I'm talking like millions. I want my kids to have millions that they can then compound on for the next generation and then for the next generation, like so on and so forth. I'm not only going to be passing down money to my kids, but I'm passing down to them a wealth of knowledge that they can utilize so that they understand money. Because although money wasn't talked about in my household when I was a kid, it's talked about in my household now that I'm the parent. And so I'm setting my kids up for financial success. They're going to know the value of a dollar. Um, they're already learning it now with their allowance that they get from me. They're going to know how to manage properties. I'm looking at 18, when my kids turn 18, for them to have rental properties that they're managing that's going to be giving them passive income um, while they're in college or building a business or whatever they choose to pursue. Um, I'm looking to just give them the life of their dreams. And I want to help other people too dream big on that scale and accomplish it because all you need is a plan in place uh this i forgot to let you guys know this podcast is sponsored by the financial freedom plan and it's a plan where i help my clients to go get the coaching community accountability that they need um so that they can reach their goals they will have lifetime access to this course but also they'll be getting help for a year um, so that they can be able to buy a house or vacation more or just eliminate all of their money worries forever or all of the above. Whatever your goal may be financially, I want to help you with it so that you can start creating wealth and building a legacy for you and your family so that the struggle ends with you. The work you put in during your lifetime changes the trajectory of your family tree. Um, that's what this is all about. Proverbs 13.22 says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, while the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And so I'm looking to leave an inheritance for my children's children. And I hope that you're looking to do the same. And if so, you can book a call at bdsmithfinancial.com slash work with me. The link will be in the show notes. But I want to be able to help you guys um, as best as possible. Um, and then back to my story, after I sold my house for six figures, I also bought in that same market, um, a much bigger home for my family, uh, that we love and enjoy to this day. It's over 2000 square feet. We have four bedrooms with the option to have a fifth bedroom. Um, we have the space that we need. We have a garage now. Like we live in the best school system, um, that Virginia beach <laughs> has to offer, um, and we're still like able to enjoy one another and not feel like, oh, we're paycheck to paycheck. Because even though I like to go ahead and stick to my plan and my budget, we always have space and wiggle room because we have a plan. Like 
I was able to take off. Um, I have a new baby, Nehemiah. If you guys have been seeing him on Instagram, he is so cute. And <laughs> he stays home with me. I'm able to have my baby stay at home with me while I work from home. And he has space that he needs to roam and meddle and get into stuff. And we are not all over top of each other because now we're in a much bigger space, which is just beautiful. I was able to take off of work for three months. My husband was able to take off work two months after we had our baby. He did not get paid for his time off. Um, I did not get full pay um, my entire time off. But we were able to do those things because of our financial plan that was in place. And so there's a lot of different scenarios where our family really could have been hurting, um, but we haven't just by having a plan. So if you're serious about making your goals happen in 2023, again, this episode is sponsored by the Financial Freedom Plan, where I help you to have the community and the accountability that you need to start creating wealth and building a legacy for you and your babies. And I hope that you join me. I will see you guys on the next episode. Love y'all.